Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Welcome back to the After the Bell podcast brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Georgie here, Director of Learning and Development for the Classroom Partnership, and I'm returning to focus on a new series of podcasts. I'm joined today by Helen Morgan, a previous Head of School and Thirsty Scholars Associate, and Andy Bridge, a current Deputy Principal. Alongside, we're also joined by Lorna Bradford, our very own Head of Quality Assurance and Impact. So welcome everybody today. Um, today's um, podcast is focusing on our Edge Habits series and our fifth habit this week is keeping the main thing the main thing. So what do we mean by that? Working as a teacher requires excellent time management skills and as teachers you will know you need to balance the long-term goals of the classroom, edu- educational needs of the students and the large volume of paperwork that comes with every assignment. Between writing lesson plans, grading exams and actually teaching, teachers often feel that it's impossible to fit everything into the allotted time frame. So without further ado, let's explore how educators can prioritise effectively and how we can stay focused on the things that really matter. So I'm going to start by asking Helen. Hi, welcome, Helen. How are you doing today? Um, and how do educators identify what they need to prioritise? Hi, Georgie. Um, it's great to be here. Hi, Andy and hi, Lorna. Um, you know, it's such an interesting topic, this one, isn't it, about how do you prioritise as an educator? Because I think whether you're a teacher um, or whether you're a leader, um, it always feels like there's too much to do. And you have what I would describe as, an, you know, an uncontrollable Um, to-do list most of the time and I think it's often tempting um, when you're in a school to get really distracted by lots of different things and I think you know if you're a teacher in the classroom just bringing your focus back to you know the important things of planning your lessons marking your books and teaching can be really really difficult and I think similarly as a, a school leader you're often pulled in different directions But I think the challenge is to almost take that time to just press the pause button sometimes, slow down and think about what the main thing is. What is it that you want to achieve and keep that focus on the long term goal, whether you be a teacher or whether you be a leader, because that can really help you to kind of cut out some of that distraction. And I think, as Andy said last session, um, you know, it's not always about deciding what you're going to do. It's also about deciding what you're not going to do as well. That's so important. Absolutely, Helen. I think being able to sort of I think we talked about um, do, dump, delegate or delete. So a great strategy there that Helen shared with me. Did you want to um, just elaborate on that as well? Yeah, I think, you know, when when time is precious, um, sometimes you can use um, an urgent, important matrix. And I think when you're in school, um, sometimes everything feels urgent and everything feels important and it all feels like it it has to be done now but I think when 
you start to look at your to-do list, um, if you start to then separate your tasks off and think, okay, what is urgent and important? What do I need to do right now? What is it that's important but not urgent? What could I actually just delay? I don't have to do it today. Don't necessarily need to do it this week. Um, and then it's about, you know, thinking about things that might be um, important but not urgent. Could you delegate some of those to a colleague? Um, I think most of us, you know, make progress in our careers because people have given us an opportunity to take on some responsibility. So it's not necessarily about passing on your workload. It's also about developing others. But I also think we have a growing list of things um, on, you know, that we think we have to do that. We could actually just press the de delete button on their busy tasks, but they don't really achieve anything. So I'm a huge fan of the delete button. Um, and I'm not such a huge fan of the delay button um, because it's still there. The other one that I think we've got to get much better at is the delegate button and not thinking that, you know, we're, we're adding to people's workload. We're just growing them and developing them. Yeah, really, really important. Lorna, you're with us as Head of Quality Assurance and Impact, and that's got a wide remit. And obviously, you, you've also got experience as an assistant head teacher. From your perspective, um, you know, what, what are the key things to make sure you can prioritise? Hi, Georgie. Um, I think it's really important that teachers and middle and senior leaders in schools feel able to question and um, reprioritise based on feedback from people that they work with. Because like Helen said, those to-do lists can become pretty monstrous at times. And if you feel like everything is as important as the other, you're never going to get through it. So going to um, your line manager and saying, you know, look, this is my 10 list of things. Which one do you think is most important? And getting that reassurance and feedback from somebody can be really valuable because actually when you're busy from the moment you arrive in school to the, to the moment you go to bed at night, it can become quite distorted around priorities. Um, and so just getting that perspective from somebody else and being confident to say, which one of these shall I tackle first, can just give you a little bit of professional reassurance. And I think that does take a bit of confidence, especially if you're an ECT or new to the profession, because you want to, of course, um, fulfill everybody's requirements. But getting that reassurance, I feel, is a really important strategy. Um, and feeling that you can say no as well. Um, no, I don't feel I can take that thing on at the moment because I've already got X, Y, Z, which ultimately will benefit my students and I'm focusing on those. Is it OK if I, as Helen said, delegate that to somebody else or, or delay it? I feel is is really important. I remember once being in a, a whole school meeting and the chief executive officer of, of the trust I was in at the time actually said, if I ask you to do something that you feel will not benefit our students, but actually will hinder your progress in what you're trying to do, come and talk to me, say no, because I've got that wrong, actually. I shouldn't be asking you to do things that don't help our students. Um, so it's it's a balance, isn't it? It's a tricky professional balance, but I think those conversations really need to be there and I would encourage people to try and have them as they go. Yeah, absolutely. And and teachers must be able to look at the projects that they, they have on, on their pages and, and be able to put them on hold if the outcomes aren't gonna be as impactful for the students as others. Andy, you're live and uh, currently working in 
in the school role as a, a deputy head teacher. So you've probably got a wealth of experience and you also do a lot of support with early career teachers. So um, from your perspective, how important is it to make sure you prioritise? Hi, Georgie. I think it's, um, you know, as Helen and Lana have said, it's so important. I think the thing that um, main skill teachers, early career teachers, people who've got a full timetable, the, the difficult thing with them is that so much of their week is blocked out, mapped out, they're teaching, they're in the classroom and quite rightly like that's the purpose of the job, but they've actually got very little room either side of those days. Once you block in a department meeting, some CPD time, phone in a couple of parents, running an extracurricular club, suddenly the, the entire week's full and you've not got anywhere near your to-do list. Um, that's quite a, a difficult thing to contend with. So I think the um, the real important thing there is that leaders are aware of that and leaders that make decisions about projects and priorities are very aware of, yeah, I've said before, like this is okay for, for me to manage, but can a main scale teacher teaching 22 hours a week manage what we're asking them to do and never kind of forget in that perspective when you're making those decisions? I'm I assume that that's something that you apply every day as well, Andy. Um, to your team, absolutely. I'm going to be checking. Definitely going to be checking. I think it's um, you, you have to always remember putting yourself in those shoes, but also role modelling. You know, like we said, um, yeah, keeping the main thing the main thing. Like actually, out of all the things that we could do to improve our school, which are the ones that that are going to make the biggest difference? And um, I worked with Helen earlier this year. We were looking at our school development plan and what we want our department development plans to look like. And we've moved from a school development plan of 30 pages to one of three pages. Because um, actually, what is the point in listing 30 pages of actions to be constantly reviewed and updated? And we streamlined it all and said, actually, let's just do a few things really well. Which are the few things that if we do them to a really high standard, do them really thoroughly, is going to have the biggest impact on our pupils and let's cut all those other things out. And hopefully you'll reap the, the rewards of that as well. Um, Helen, what kind of strategy did you work through with Andy to do that? I think we just, you know, I've worked with Andy for quite a while now and I think what we talked about was, you know, what is it that's important for you across this year? And I think as a, you know, as a school leader often, um, it's tempting to take a really short term view on things and to pick off low hanging fruit and, you know, to achieve quick wins. But actually, one of the things we've got to think about is sustainability. And if we think about long term goals and actually saying, OK, you know, by the end of this year, if we've been successful, what would that look like? And then starting to think about what's going to help us to be able to achieve that success, what's going to get in the way of that, then I think what you can start to do is narrow down what those priorities are. And sometimes, you know, I'll work with a school and they'll have nine or ten things that they say are important, but you don't have to do them all in one academic year. And I think one of the things that we could do much more successfully in, in schools is think about kind of three to five year plans and really building that long-term success because if we're always just picking off the the lowest hanging fruit and you know doing the quick wins then ultimately what we don't do is is get that kind of long-term really consolidated progress in a school i don't know what you think there andy no i completely agree and i think it 
the nature of the school academic year and broken up into terms and half terms, it encourages us to think in that short term way. And the performance tables every summer, you're always thinking of your next offset inspection and you want everything done before that. But as you said, if you're not careful, it's like a unsustainable cycle. Um, and I think trying to think in that long term way, I had a conversation this week actually with um, one of our middle leaders that was designing a revision skills program for year 11 to go inform time teaching about metacognition and retrieval practice and how to revise effectively and really good like really high quality um content that she was planning um but then we said actually like why are we just putting this into year 11 now let's put this into year year seven form time like let's teach year seven how to revise and retain content effectively and not be in this position every year where we're panicking with year 11 and you know clearly at the moment there's covid caps that need closing and, and so on like we have to do with year 11 but like let's think long term as well how can we make the situation better year on year rather than just keep coming back to the same situation i think in a really strong situation as well um you know you can start to then take that back through your transition programs and again what you get is is what i would call real progress there um where people are thinking about a, a you know a child's education holistically rather than in you know little set blocks of key stage three or key stage four um you know children are at school for a long time and there's a huge amount of time to to build some of that knowledge and build those skills whereas i think often what we we want to do is is talk in the language of speed and pace totally and and lorna i think you've got some experiences as well around that yeah so from what andy and helen were just saying I, I thought i'd just take the opportunity to to bring it back to a more practical application of of these long-term plans that we talk about um because actually when senior and middle leaders take the time to devise really succinct and um appropriate academy or school improvement plans at the start of the year be it for a year ahead, three or five years ahead. Um, it's very easy actually, when you're going through the daily motions to forget that that plan exists and you really need to have the opportunity to come back and revisit it. So something that I really like and it helps to keep the main thing the main thing is actually to frame any line management agendas um, through, through the meeting schedule against the academy or school improvement plan. So the agenda forms um, a discussion around what have you been working on and how is that contributing to the development plan, which just keeps it fresh in the mind. It also gives opportunity to um, evaluate and change direction as, as required if things change, as of course they always are at the moment. Um, but it's much easier to do that and stay on top of it in that way rather than get to the end of a year or two years, whatever it might be, and suddenly try to reflect on a huge amount of time that's passed um, and, and pull all of the main things back together there. So just a, a quick tip there, I suppose, for keeping the main thing the main thing. That's really good. I think we've got lots of those that we can also share. Helen. I think, I mean, that's that's a great tip, I think, from Lorna about kind of, you know, making it part of your day-to-day -day or weekly conversations at, at, at all levels. I think one of the things, again, if you were to, to kind of make that practical, people often um, rag their action plans. So they, they rag whether it's red, amber or green. And I think it's tempting for that to become a bit of a tick list and quite a superficial process. Um, yes, I've done that. Yes, I've done that. 
And I think one of the things we need to rag is whether it's making any difference. So when we kind of think about the things that we're doing in school, um, it's not about checking whether it's happening. It's about checking whether it's working and having that rich discussion about, you know, we've put in a, a new homework policy or, you know, we're really focusing on retrieval practice. But what difference is that making and, and how do you know? And I think that rich discussion about ragging the impact and the effectiveness of what you're doing rather than, you know, checking has homework being been set um, is really important. Otherwise, what you can end up with is a situation where people are really busy, but actually nothing's really changing and there's no impact. And if if you don't check that for a long time, then the, the ultimate impact is that you get to the end of a year, everybody is worn out because they've worked really hard, but you've made very little difference. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Lorna, go ahead. Absolutely. And and something that we might need to think about there is when we're talking about the title of this session, keeping the main thing the main thing. What if we're not keeping the right thing the main thing? And actually through that regular impact mapping and assessment of those priorities to see if it's having the impact, we can make sure that we're assured of keeping the main thing the main thing in the right way. I love that phrase, Lorna. Well done. I think um, putting my sort of uh, education, but also business hat on here, it's not, you know, in business, you you look at things, you know, return on investment, and actually you're looking for return on activity here. So uh, rather than an ROI, it's an ROA. And um, I'm measuring, you know, really whether how that's truly impacting with the students. And the only way you can do that is looking at measuring impact and outcomes. And I know we're going to look at discussing some of those in sort of future podcasts as well, Helen. So uh, that'll be really good. So we've kind of we, we've moved on to sort of talk about why it's important to focus on the priorities. And um, we're starting to sort of explore um, what the challenges are with uh, priorities. Is there anything else that we can actually share around challenges um, with prioritising? Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest challenge with with prioritising is often we're just so busy and our heads are so full that it can be really hard to step back and go, do you know, what? what is it that I need to achieve today or this week or this half term or across this academic year. And I think that ability to prioritise operates at lots of different levels. Um, but again, it, it's really important that we do take that time to step back and prioritise and decide what is important. And then, you know, it's about investing your time in that thing that's important because when we invest, we get, if you go back to the economics of of school improvement and and school development, um, then we get the long term return. And again, if you operate that at a teacher level, you know you can spend hours marking books, but I think that's pretty fruitless. If you invest in giving students really good feedback, then the likelihood is that they'll make a lot more progress. And sometimes I think we need to think about the language that we use in education a lot more so often we talk about spending spending feels short term it feels a little bit pointless investing feels much longer term and I think similarly in in school leadership you know 
are we spending our time doing lots of duties or are we investing our time in trying to be really visible as leaders and create a really positive culture where we're modeling what we want people to 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 do and how we want people to behave around school and i think for me again those main things vary school to school they're very context driven but i think if you feel like you're investing in something your mindset is really different Lorna sorry did you want to go in there elaborate on that yeah thank you i think something that helen mentioned there really struck a chord with me and that's around school culture and of course a school's leadership team is going to determine what the main thing is that we're keeping as the main thing at the moment as part of their priority but it's really important therefore that um, as a teacher or as a, a middle leader or whatever your role might be that you find the school that you're aligned with in terms of your own values because actually keeping the um the values of a, of a school that you don't align with as your main priority can be really tricky and that's when um the 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 love and the passion can be pretty hard to maintain because you're you're you're, go, you're swimming against the the current if you like um so i think it's important that when ects for example are looking for their first positions they find um a school which has um a culture and a value set that they really agree with and that they're happy to buy into so that we can um maintain that momentum with keeping the main thing as the main thing Thanks so much there. And um, just thinking then about what I know you shared already a great top tip. Um, you were focusing in on Lorna there. So Helen, I'm sure you've got lots of different top tips that you can share now over to you for all of our how we're going to make our priorities so much more important and much more focused. Yeah, I think for me, um, again, it, it comes back to that, you know, that strategic plan for the school if you're a school leader about having less priorities but doing them really really well and I think you know from my perspective I'm um, taking time to do that rather than grabbing the latest fad is really important so what are the priorities for your students in your context I suppose my top tip boiling down from that is keep students at the forefront of whatever you're doing and then make sure that your priorities align to what's best for those young people. And if you think about, you know, those two questions, you know, what, what's going to help those students to learn really, really well? And what's going to get in the way of them learning well? Then you can probably start to establish what matters and what doesn't matter fairly quickly. I think the biggest challenge is you might identify three or four things. For me at that point, then the discussion is, OK, out of those three or four, where are you going to start and what's the timeline for the implementation of the other things? Um, you know, nothing needs to be a rush. Nothing needs to happen suddenly. The, the only thing for me that usually happens suddenly are disasters. Um, so, you know, just taking time with that and finding your starting point is really important. And, and then, you know, keeping the goal the same. The journey might change en route because of different factors or different things that arise. But keeping your eye on that goal is really, really important. 
Yeah, I think the importance of being able to plan for potential crises as well. And a lot of that is about establishing solid foundations and routines with your class um, and sort of and, and key elements so that the, the, the students and the pupils know what to expect. Um, and that can enable if there is any sort of challenges or, or situations that happen that you can actually manage those much more effectively. You've got a plan of action um, and you can also avoid triggers and, and stop distractions early as well. Hel um, Lorna, do you have any more top tips that you'd love to share? Because the last one was really great. Oh, thank you. I think that um, making sure that um, you hold the children or students progress and well-being front and centre of everything that you do is just a brilliant top tip, because if you can justify your decision making and your prioritisation based on putting them first, then you know that you can justify your choices to anyone at any time. Um, sometimes it's really hard and sometimes we get asked in education to do things which we might not necessarily feel support the well-being and progress of young people. That's school life. We all need to chip in and do our bit to make a school function. Um, but actually, when you're really up against it and you're trying to keep the main thing, the main thing, well, that main thing is our young people, isn't it? And their education. So just keep that in mind whenever you're making difficult decisions about how to prioritise your time. That would be my top tip. I think that's a beautiful key takeaway as well. Um, and I'm I'm going to give Helen the uh, difficult task of trying to come up with another key takeaway on top of uh, Lorna's one before we wrap up. Yeah, I think, you know, if, if, if you're going to take anything away, because I think that that whole thing about putting students first and keeping them front and centre is key. I think my other top tip is to think long term about those big goals. So, you know, when we put students front and centre, we need to start to think about what kind of students do we want to develop? What kinds of attributes do we want them to, to, to kind of pick up and and really grow? Because ultimately those students, whether, you know, it be at 16 or 18 or at 11, if they're leaving primary school, go on somewhere else. And what we don't want is for that growth to stop when they finish a particular key stage or a particular phase of their education we want them to keep growing so I think for me really taking time to think through what kinds of students do we want to develop and then aligning your priorities to that you know your your curriculum your assessments your teaching and learning your personal development then then you've got a good chance of making sure that you know children do well in school but also that they do really well beyond school and that's you know that's just as important and a huge responsibility for for educators totally helen and i think um also i would share um, my key takeaway would be that actually we've talked a lot about sort of the school environment we've talked around the the pupils and the students and ultimately that they're, they're our biggest focus but also you need to look after yourself as well well-being is hugely hugely a priority particularly in you know the current climate and the times that we've been through um it's also important to try and set aside personal time for yourselves and that can help you keep the priorities in in proper perspective 
Um, and just almost um, from my, my perspective, I set, set aside, I've got a huge list of to-dos, but I will always make sure I've got three that I'm hoping I'm going to achieve, two I'm really, really happy with if I achieve that day. And even if I get one main thing, keeping the main thing the main thing, um, achieve that day, then that's a, a sense of success. Um, and then you can allow yourself time to um, sort of re-energise and, and ultimately the classes and the, the children need teachers who are energetic, healthy and refreshed. So by making sure that you're focusing on your own well-being and giving yourself space, that's also hugely important. So I'm going to wrap up today. Thank you for our experts today, Lorna Bradford, Helen Morgan and Andy Bridge. Andy's actually had to nip off, so apologies that we've not heard from him for the last couple of minutes. In our next podcast, we will be unpacking and discussing the sixth edgy habit, which we're referring to as the power of pro proactivity. So I'm looking forward to extending those discussions. Um, and uh, that will focus on the benefits of being proactive and taking the initiative and getting things started because we're all guilty of a little bit of procrastination sometimes, me included. You can pick up the After the Bell podcast, which are released on a weekly basis, and they're aimed to provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. So hopefully you get a chance to listen to them on our daily commutes, if you're on your treadmill or as your focus of the day. You've been listening to After Bell. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm.